Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. So you're probably wondering, you know, who's this guy up here? Where's John? Um, I'm Brian Hogwer from one of the elders here at Mercy Hill, and um, John has the privilege this, this Sunday to join Hope Church, which is one of the churches of the LifeLink area here in Chicago in Griffith, and they are having their kind of grand opening Sunday morning um, there, and John wanted to be a part of that um, with, with Todd, the sons of the pastor there, and so he was, he's going to go over there uh, this morning and join them in that. So I want to I take some time to pray for that this morning, too, and pray for the word um, that the Lord is. I feel the Lord has given me for this morning. It's a little bit of a rush. John kind of asked me about a week ago. John was kind of sitting down. I feel like I should go to this. I don't really have anybody to cover me for Sunday. And I said, you know, I've, I've been working on this sermon a little bit for, for Zimbabwe. I feel like, you know, if, you, if, that, if, you're, if you'd like me to do this, I think I could, you know, I can get this together by Sunday. So um, pray the Lord would use the time that I was able to put into this and um, speak through me, and I know he can. So, Father, we pray for Hope Church this morning. Lord, we pray that as they start, Lord, they've started already. They've already been worshiping you in this building. Lord, but as this is the grand opening, Lord, they're ready to open the doors and, and, and declare your word to Griffith, Lord, to see your people, people come in, Lord. We pray your blessing over them. We pray for this service this morning. They would be encouraged. Lord, you would build them up. Um, as they're surrounded by their brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, we pray, Lord, do mighty things through Hope Church. Lord, bring in those who need to hear the gospel. Lord, those who are hurting, Lord, that they would come in contact with the people of Hope Church and they would declare your goodness, your gospel to them, Lord. And we pray your blessing over them. Lord, and we pray this morning that we would hear your word, Lord, that it wouldn't be me speaking, Lord, but you speaking through me. Lord, that you would use this, this text, Lord. You'd use my voice, Lord, to, to declare your word. And Lord, open our ears to hear. Lord, open, open our hearts to hear what you are saying. And uh, Lord, we pray your blessing over this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you would turn, grab the Bible in front of you if you don't have one, and turn to Isaiah 20. The first verse of Isaiah 20 um, and if, if you're looking for Isaiah, get, go to the Psalms and then go a little bit more to the, to the right and you'll eventually get there. It's a short, short chapter. Um, it's only six verses. The first verse says, In the year that the commander-in-chief, who was sent by Sargon, the king of Assyria, came to Ashad and fought against it and captured it. So let's, let's stop there and let's, let's look at this. What's, what's going on here? We're kind of jumping in the middle. You know? We've been in Luke for a long time and all of a sudden Brian's taking us into Isaiah and we don't really know what's going on in this time. So let's, let's look at this. What's, what's going on here? Um, so Assyria is the, this big empire. You know, it's, it's, they're the, they're the, the big dogs you know, on campus. They're, they're taking over all these nations. Um, Eleven years ago, they take over the northern kingdom of, of Israel. And they're, those they take them away. So they're gone. So little Judah's kind of sitting there. You know, their northern brethren are gone. And then they come down along the coast of Mediterranean there, and they conquer the city, which is only like 30 miles from Jerusalem. And so they're kind of feeling a little bit of the crunch here. You know, they, these, these big guys are coming around, and we're just this little, little nation kind of hanging on here. And so, you know, they're like, what, you know, what do we do? So, you know, the, the rational people who are kind of like, you know, Hey, maybe we should find. Maybe we should kind of 
find some help here. So they're, they're, they go down to Egypt, you know, the next biggest dog, you know, they can, they can find to, to maybe help them out and, and make a little, little deal with them. Like, you, you know, you get, you get our, just get our back and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll make that work, you know. And so, so they're kind of looking to Egypt for a little bit of help here um, because of this, this big threat in Assyria. And so, so this, this commander-in-chief they see here, so this is a big deal, because this commander-in-chief that, that this king sent is, like, there's two of these guys in the whole country. So these guys go out on their big, the biggest campaigns. If the king's going to send anybody out, he's going to send one of these guys out if it's a big deal. You know, it's not, this isn't like you're, oh, go down to that little city and take it. This is like a big campaign that he's on. So this is some serious stuff, and they're feeling the heat. Um, so God speaks then to Isaiah, and let's, let's read that. At that time, so in the middle of this, the Lord spoke to Isaiah, the son of Amos, saying, Go and loose the sackcloth from your waist and take off your sandals from your feet. And he did so, walking naked and barefoot. I'm like, whoa, hold on here. <laughs> What's going on? You know, if I'm, if I'm Isaiah, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, whatever, when this word comes and the Lord says, you know, Go and take off your sandals from your feet. You know, loose the, the sackcloth from your waist. He's like, whoa, wait, God, I think we must, I must be hearing my neighbor talking over there or something like, let's move over here. Let's say that again. You know, I think you said this. Maybe you meant, you know, go buy myself a new sackcloth and, and, and some new sandals and I'll look pretty hip, you know, but it's like, no, take off your sandals and your sackcloth and, and go walking around naked and barefoot. And so he's like, so it, this, this may or may not, there's a little bit of a debate between the, whether he's actually walking around in, in the nude or he's got like a little bit on. But anyway, either way it is, it's shameful. Like these people, this is not cool. Like, you know, they're not down with the, the bikinis on the beach kind of thing. This is like a very shameful thing in their culture. And so, so he's like, if, if I was Isaiah, I'd be like, really? Like, Lord, the, the, they're going to like laugh, you know, people are going to laugh at me, scorn me, you know. People will be like, man, look at that crazy guy. He's, you know, he's lost it, you know? And I think thinking about what John brought to us last Sunday was that there's, the Lord calls us to some serious stuff. Like, he says, you know, it's like, hate your family compared to your love for me, you know? Carry the cross. Like, some of the the things we do are hard. The Lord asks us to do some hard stuff, talking to our neighbors. For some of us, that's like, I mean, we'd rather, we'd rather, like, take a walk across Indiana or something. I mean, like, we do anything to get out of that because that's, to us, that's really scary. So I, the Lord calls Isaiah to this, and he calls him to do it for three years, and Isaiah obeys him. I mean, like, I, I would be, like, really struggling over this. If, I don't know about you, but I would be like, I don't know. Lord, I, this is, you're asking me to do a lot here. Like, my, my reputation is on the line. I'm the prophet of God. And you want me to go walking around Jerusalem naked? You know, like, what, what's the deal with this? And he does it. So I think there's, there's an obedience there that we see in Isaiah that I think we can definitely, lear- we can definitely learn from. It's, we can say yes to God even when it's way outside of our comfort zone, even when, it's, even when it's something that we don't want to do, even when it's something would, would maybe look, make us look bad. You know, talking to our coworker who's, who we know is kind of, it was kind of abrasive to the gospel, but just kind of to, still to talk to him, to share the Lord with him, even though he, he, you know, we don't think he's going to want to listen to us. But, and he may look down on us, be like, yeah, you're, you're one of those crazy Christians who really believes this stuff. Um, 
So the, the three years, he's not necessarily walking around every day, every day for three years, but still there's an, definitely an obedience to that. Um, so somebody would definitely, I mean, I feel like I would, if Isaiah was my buddy, I'd be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And so let's, let's read the rest of this chapter, and I think that explains what is the purpose of Isaiah doing this. I mean, why? Why? The Lord's, then, then the Lord said, as my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot for three years as a sign and portent against Egypt and Cush, so shall the king of Assyria lead away the Egyptian captives and the Cushite exiles, both the young and the old, naked and barefoot, with buttocks uncovered, the nakedness of Egypt. Then they shall be dismayed and ashamed because of Cush their hope and Egypt their boast, and the inhabitants of the coastland will say in that day, Behold, this is what has happened to those in whom we, have ho- we hoped and to whom we fled for help to be delivered from the king of Assyria. And how shall we escape? So I, Isaiah was acting out something so they could see it. The people needed to see it along with hear it. And I think this shows the graciousness of God because God could have just been say, hey, Judah, wake up. You know, like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you looking for to Egypt for help for? But he, instead, he gives them like a, a real like visual. Like there's this you know, prophet walking around with nothing on and then he brings them this message. And so like, I feel like at that point, the light would go on and be like, oh, wow. Like, what, what are we doing? So it's a sign and a portent. Portent, we don't use that word very often these days. It's like a symbol or an omen. So it's kind of like a, that sign. Um, so kind of like a, two words basically say, say the same thing. So it, it says in there that he was revealing the nakedness of Egypt. And that was, they were hoping in Egypt, but where was Egypt's hope? What were they trusting in? They were trusting in false gods. So God's really, he's really saying, you're trusting in Egypt, but the naked... I'm going to reveal the nakedness of Egypt. I'm going to reveal where their, their hope is in something that's not going to stand. So that's the second thing that, that he's revealing in, that, in this act, is that they're, they're naked. It also exposes the foolishness of Judah, that they would look to this other nation and not trust in the Lord. Because the Lord has told them, and he has showed them throughout all of their looking back throughout their history, that he is the one who, is, who has protected them. This little nation has, I mean, there's many other times where people have come up against them and many other times that God has protected them. And so they, they, they know that, this is, that God's their hope. And so he's showing them, this is foolishness, Judah, to look to someone else. You know, where, you know that I am your protector. Egypt's not going to protect you. It's also warning in verse 5, it says, those who hope and boast, their, it's their confidence was in Egypt and Cush, they'll be dismayed, be ashamed. So when it talks about the people of the coastlands, it's talking about Philistia, the people like in Ashad, who had, who had been taken over and the, the surrounding cities who were probably, you know, fearing for their lives, like these guys have taken over this city, like, you know, what are we going to do? And so, like, you know, if this happened, if, if this is going to happen to Egypt, like, you know, we're in big trouble. Like, we're just, you know, we're just this little country. 
And so God's message then should prompt the people of Judah, his people, to come to the obvious conclusion that their deliverance is found only in God. If they consider how they've survived up to that point, like I said, they, would, they have no reason to boast in anything other than God. Like, they can't be like, hey, Assyria, you know, look at us, we got Egypt back in us. You know, they should be like, they can, they can testify to the truth that, hey, Assyria, watch out, because God has got our back. And I feel like there's, you, you can read other portions in the Old Testament where, where they hold firm, and they say, God has got our back. And I think then when Assyria comes later on, Isaiah again brings, brings a word to Hezekiah and says, hold, hold firm. And that night, I, I mean, all the people are just in Jerusalem. They're all fortified up. God takes out the Assyrian army. 135,000 people are just killed. And then, they, and then these guys hightail it back to Assyria. So they, there, there is, they, they can hope and boast in God, and yet they, they weren't. They were looking somewhere else. So what, is that, what does this mean for us? Like, okay, this is a great history lesson, Brian, but what, is this, what does this mean for us? And I think our world offers us a lot of things to trust in, a lot of things we can look to to say, you know, this is going to this is going to be this is going to get me through. This is going to save me. I think of ourselves, and we can have a great confidence in ourselves. I can I can do this. I can I can beat this thing. I think I think of like um, I'm not going to try to hit on the Live Strong campaign too much, but there is that sense of like as a cancer cancer patient, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this. How about money? We look at our bank account and think, oh, I can sit back and relax. Like Johnny preached on the, the farmer who stored up the barns and can build bigger barns. We can look at our bank accounts and be like, good, got this. Or our government, who's in power. You know, our guy is in, in the office. You know, he's got it. Or our guy isn't in the office and we're going to get like, freak out, you know. Oh my goodness, you know. Um, what are they doing up there in Washington? You know, we're, we're you know, country's going downhill. We're all going, to, you know, it's like we're all going to the tank. It's like maybe they're not making the best decisions, but who's really in control? Luck or superstition? You know, if I do these things in this order, I'm going to get what I want. Or karma, the idea that just good works, you know, what I'm going to get what I'm, gets what getting coming to me, you know. Our family, you know, I'm surrounded by some good people. Or our job, you know, I got this good job. You know, we're, we're, we're good. We're good. Or our health. I think that's a good one because, you know, some of us, especially our young, young people, like we're, you know, we can just take it all on, you know, and we don't really realize, you know, I'm, I'm getting a tad bit older now. And, you know, I have to go out and do something and I'm like, oh, I'm not as young as I used to be. You know, I think sometimes when I was younger, I thought, all right, I can just do that, no problem. So someday these things that we put our trust in, they're going to be uncovered. They're going to be exposed. If it's not God, they're going to be exposed. This revelation happened during life, like our health. You know, we can think we're, we're trucking along, healthiest guy on the block, you know. It could happen. Go in, diagnosed with cancer, you know. Young guy, you know, if, you know, many stories you've heard. Something happened, car accident. You know, we don't, you, know, you don't know. You don't know. But we can be sure, even if we don't see it in this life, at the end of our life, None of these things will have the power to save us. We'll see the shame of these false hopes, these false gods, like the people of the coastlands 
saw the nakedness of their hope and their boast, which is Egypt and this, and this nation Cush, they were exposed. And they, and they saw it. Wow. <laughs> Shoot. That was what we were banking on. And, and it didn't work out. So though we don't have a great empire, you know, about ready to, you know, threatening us as a country, um, we should still ask this question that they were asking. How should we escape? Now, how should we escape the, the, the separation from God or the judgment of God that would, that's on us because of our rejection of God? And if we've rejected him, how, we, how do we escape that? Or even for our daily lives, how do we escape the trials, the things that we go through, that's this, like Joanna brought, the sin that is holding on to us that seems like it won't let go? How do we escape that? So when we're talking about separation from God, our, our eternal, the judgment that would be on us because of our rejection of God, for those who are in, in Christ, God has provided an escape. And for those who aren't, there is good news here. He has provided an escape, and that's Jesus. In Acts 12, 4, 12, Peter's speaking to the, to the council of, of the Pharisees, and he says, and there is no salvation, in, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I mean, that's good news, right? There is, there is an escape. There's, you know, we're not left just to figure this out, to trust in these other things. Everything else will pass away. There's, not, there's nothing else. Everything else will be proved, shown for what it is. In verse 5, it says, Then they shall be dismayed and ashamed because of Cush their hope and of Egypt their boast. So these, they were boasting these other things and they're going to be ashamed of it. How, much, how true will that be of those who put their hope in anything other than Jesus? At one day, that, they'll stand before God and if your hope is in any of these other things, there's going to be, you're going to be dismayed and ashamed because you're going to stand before God and be like, I got nothing. I got nothing. Jesus is our boast. He is what we have hope in. So for the, so for the believer who can say, yes, that is my hope. That is my, my confidence in God is Jesus Christ because that's, he has paid the penalty for me. He has washed me clean. I can stand before him. Also, for, for us Christians, how should we escape our adversary, the devil? He hold, tries to hold us with, with sin. He tries to take us down with other temptations. He tries to discourage us. I think like Judah, we face that. Like Judah kind of was feeling the like, you know, the headlock of Assyria coming around them. You know, like they're kind of surrounding them. We feel that in our own lives. Like sin and other things try to do that to us. First Peter 5, 8, and 9 says, Our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour and, Paul, and Peter says, resist him, firm in your faith. So where do you turn in the trials of life? When, when things are hard, when you're being tempted, when you're gripped with fear? For me, this, this, is, this, came to, this definitely came to light a couple weeks ago. I was, I'm going to, with Johnny to Zimbabwe um, in a couple weeks, and I, w- I knew nothing about the trip other than we were going to Zimbabwe and we were going to do some training. And... Uh, I'm like, well, how do I prepare? What do I do? I'm kind of a planner. So, <laughs> so I want to know details. You know, give me details. And, um, and I was really convicted 
of like, where is my hope? Is my, is my trust in the details, in knowing the itinerary of everything we're doing, in being prepared, like that, that's, that is everything, being prepared is good, but is that everything? Is that where my hope is? And I was really struck with that. I, was, I mean, fear was really gripping me. I mean, it's not just like, oh, I'm a little afraid, I'm a little anxious. And I was really, as Jane can tell you, I was really like tied up inside, really not. So I was having a really hard time sleeping and like, you know, God, what did you get me into? You know, Johnny asked me at Christmas, you want to go? Yeah, sure, I'll go. Now I'm like, yikes, <laughs> you know, what's going on? And, you know, I think these times in our lives like that, that exposed something in me. It was saying, wait, Brian, where, what are you hoping in? Are you hoping in yourself? Are you hoping in your ability to do this teaching? Um, and it really, like, no, I can't hope in that because I can't prepare for every situation. You know, I can't prepare you know, for what the Lord's going to do over there in every single situation, I have to trust in him. I can't, I can't do it on my own. So those times, really, when you get into those situations, I think it's a good, it is a good time to say, Lord, where is my hope? What am I trusting in? And if it's not in you, it's going to fail. What about when life is easy? I think this is, sometimes we don't think about this. You know, maybe, maybe we're, you know, nobody is, there is no big threat in our lives. When, when things are easy, we can get sidetracked. You know, we can think that these things are, you know, man, the bank account's good, family's steady, everything's good. I think it's easy to start trusting in those things because, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to trust in anything else because everything's good, right? And I think those are when those false gods creep in and really start to take over is in those times when we're struggling, it's easy to say, oh yeah, there they are. You know, there they are. I'm not going to, I'm not going to trust in those things because right, I see right now that they're not trustworthy. So in that, in that verse from 1 Peter, you know, how should we escape? And Peter says, resist him firm in your faith. So what does that look like for us? And I think I'm a, I'm a very practical person. So what, is that, what does that mean you know, for us to do that? I think, first of all, it's to trust God. And we don't trust God just willy-nilly. Like, yeah, I trust, him. I trust God. I trust you, God. But we know him. We believe his word. We, know, we, have to, we have to know it to believe it. We can also take courage in the fact that the Holy Spirit is with us. God is present in our lives. He's working in each one of you. His presence is in you. And so we can take courage in that. I can take courage in going over to Zimbabwe, not because I've prepared, but because his presence is in me and I know that he'll give me the words to speak at the right time. And same thing for you. You know, if you, if you feel Lord, Lord's calling you to go across the street, talk to that neighbor. Lord's calling you to talk to a coworker. Do something that's out of your comfort zone. The Holy Spirit is with you. There is no reason. You don't have to fear. You don't have to trust in yourself. And, and, and that's, probably, that's good news for those who are afraid of talking because you know you can't trust in yourself. God is with you. You can trust him, though. You can call out to God. Prayer, like, I, I can't say it any better than Ruth said it. Prayer, move, prayer makes things happen. And I think in this situation, when we need to stand firm in our faith, prayer is just, man, getting on your knees, crying out to God. There's something about that when the Lord just gives you peace in that, those moments, gives you confidence to move forward. We can cry out to him. And lastly, is we have each other. 
God has not put us on this like, you're on your own, but we have each other. And to be active in this, I mean, we have a great community here. You're surrounded by many brothers and sisters who love you, can bring encouragement to you, um, can pray with you. Um, you know, come to prayer night. Receive prayer if you need prayer. I'm discouraged. I'm beaten up. We'd love to pray with you. I think we, we've been put in that. We have such a great resource here in, in each other to, for God to work through other people to bring an encouragement to your life. And I know for Jane and I, when we've gone through some hard times, Heather was talking about infertility. For them too, I know they felt the same way because we went through infertility. They were an encouragement to us. I could not tell you how much that meant to us, that they would just continue to pray for us, continue to ask us, how are things going, and just listen, and then bring a word when it was, when it was the right time. I mean, it was just, I, can't, I cannot explain to you how much that meant. And, any, and there are many others who did that as well. So, so I want to end with, where is your hope? Where's your hope for, for eternity? Where's your hope for this daily life? If those answers, either, either one of those answers is not in Jesus Christ, take, take this time to really reflect, where is my hope? And it, it needs to be in Christ. Because you, you you, someday you're going to, if it's not, you're going to say like these people of the coastlands, how, am I, how shall I escape? Or it's going to be too late, and you're not going to be able to say, how shall I escape? So where is your hope? Where is your faith? I'm going to have the ushers bring up the communion. And I want us to reflect on this. How shall you escape? And if you're in Christ, take communion with us today in rejoicing that we have a Savior who is risen, who is reigning, that we can trust in. And if you're, if you're wavering in your faith, saying, you can cry out to get, Jesus say, Lord, forgive me. As the guy in, 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 the, in the gospel says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And cry out to God, say, I am struggling. Lord, help me to believe that this, your blood, your body sacrifice is enough for me. That you have given me all that I need. I can trust in you.